bugs. Yeah. Right. Bugs of any kind. They yeah. weren't at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they were. We didn't know it. <laughs> yes. Yes. We yes. Made- <laughs> Hey, David. Hey, Amy. Boy, do I have some nachas about this uh, episode. I know. I'm plotzing. I'm cavelling. <laughs> Oi, such a great episode. We have the amazing, warm, wonderful, funny. Philosophical. Oh, Phil Rosenthal, the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond and the host of Somebody Feed Phil, one of my favorite shows. It's a great travel show. But as he says in this, it's much bigger than food. It transcends. Yeah. And you'll hear all about that. But before we let you listen to it, Amy, how was your food week? You know, it was a great food week because we are really in fall now. I am mm-hmm. fully in fall mode. And a lot of people where I live in New England are going leaf peeping. And I just want to tip you off to the best general store with the best food. It's called the Harrisville General Store. It's in Harrisville, New Hampshire. It is Mm -hmm. just up the road from Yankees offices where I go once a week. And it is one of those places where everything is homemade, where it looks and feels like a general store with the squeaky screen door and the wood floors and the porch where people sit out front and talk and catch up on news. But the cooks are cooking at a level that is way beyond your typical general oh, yeah? store. You know, homemade apple cider donuts, the best Ooh. soups and chilies, amazing fresh vegetable salads. Chicken pot pies? Sometimes chicken pot pies, sometimes shepherd's pie in a big cast iron oh, skillet on the ooh, counter. Ooh, I mean, this is it talking is, to me, Amy. It's yeah. the platonic ideal. And they also have the kombucha and the, you know, <laughs> right. the other the, stuff. The stuff that I like. So it's just the best. Harrisville General Store, I was there yesterday. I had a great meal. And if you're up that way, definitely make it a stop. How about you? Much less peripatetic at home. One of my favorite dishes to make it about this time of year, because it's not too heavy and yet it's not too summery, is Julia Child's Coco Vin. Mm, I love is, that it's, recipe. It's a traditional food, as you've called it. So it's not really like a deep, rich boeuf bourguignon. Or right. I can't say, you know, someone criticized me on TikTok for saying boeuf bourguignon. Did oh, I right. say boeuf? It's yeah. boeuf. Oh, boeuf. right. <laughs> Bourguignon. Burf. And burf. Burf is such burf an American. Bourguignon. Burf. <laughs> That's a funny word. So it's burf, bourguignon. So it's not quite that. It is kind of in between that lighter food and heavier food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I made it one time, I actually was able to get chicken blood, which is what they used wow, to use to thicken, thicken it. it. right. Wow, it made such a difference to the flavor. Right. But it's very hard, believe it or not, to get chicken blood. Yeah, well, you can imagine. Unless you go to the like <laughs> the slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know where actually my friend got it, but they're probably thinking that you're doing some sort of like ritual, some dark ritual and you need chicken. <laughs> That's Halloween's approaching. But yeah, but it was really, it really added so much to it. All right. Well, I don't want to hold off on Phil. He's just such a delight. I hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome to the show, Phil. Hello. It's a pleasure to meet you both. So you created Everybody Loves Raymond with Ray Romano. Your Netflix show, Somebody Feed Phil, is a big hit on Netflix with season six premiering next month. And uh, you seem to be friends with everybody in Hollywood, as evidenced by your podcast, Naked Lunch, which begs the question, Mr. Rosenthal, why are you here sitting with Amy and me? You got to change your PR person. 
<laughs> oh, no, I have the best PR people, and I'm here because I like you, and, and you, you seem nice. I'm happy to talk to you. I'm, I'm happy usually to meet most people. I find that most people are nice, and I'll make another generality. In the world, mm-hmm. I find that most people are so much better than their governments. Oh, I think that's very true. <laughs> I think that's quite true. Well, I'm very flattered that you like us because everybody loves Phil and we adore Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Actually, speaking of which, I think, Phil, that you must have this challenge because, you know, watching your show, listening to the podcast, I do feel like you're my friend. You're mm-hmm. the ultimate parasocial relationship celebrity. So tell me what it's like to walk through the world with a lot of strangers believing that you are their friend. Well, doesn't it sound nice? It It, sure does. does. I mean, it is nice. You know, this fame, which... Believe me, is is it's tempered. It's not. There's a lot of choices out there in the world, so not everybody knows who I am. So I maybe get stopped a couple of times a day. Right. It's always very sweet, and right. it's just. I mean, I wish everybody had this level of fame that I have at this moment, which right. which is just a couple of times a day saying somebody likes you or likes what you do. I don't get that in my house. (laughs) (laughs) So to go out and get it, that's pretty nice. That is And and very sweet. And I only adore when people come over to me and say that they like the show or something. It's why I'm doing the tour is to meet the people as a way to say thank you. I'm doing like 25 cities on this book tour. Wow. That's great. I can't wait. Plus, by the way, we've been cooped up for a while, right? Yes. So yes. the we return to civilization is not lost on me. I, I, <laughs> my, my joke was during COVID, you know, I think we're going to be so happy and so grateful when the world is returned to us. And that gratitude is going to last two weeks. That's <laughs> exactly and what And then happened. it's back to complaining about everything, how crowded everything is. Yeah. <laughs> so you sold the concept of Somebody Feed Phil with, as I understand, this elevator pitch. I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so tell me about that because the way I experience your show is that you are somebody who is filled with wonder yeah. yes. and not fear. Right. But have you learned to overcome fear? Yes. So I would watch Bourdain, and to me, he was a superhero. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody who does a travel and or food show or just travels and eats owes him yes. a great debt because he reinvented the genre, okay? Yeah, and did. I would mm-hmm. watch him at home and go, he's amazing. I'm never doing that. <laughs> I am not going to Borneo and having tribesmen paint nails and then pound them into my chest to make a tattoo. Right. Yeah. This is not me. And so I thought of that line. I thought, what if there was a show for people who were like me, who watched mm-hmm. Bourdain and say, I'm never doing that. And their big <laughs> step out of their comfort zone is just getting mm-hmm. off the couch. Right, right, right. Right? Let alone go to the neighborhood next to them, let alone go to another state or another city or another country. Mm -hmm. Two-thirds of Americans don't have a passport. Mm. And I thought the world would be better if we all could experience a little bit of other people's experiences. This is my Mm. whole mission. It's not about the food. Yes, I love food like everybody. Mm -hmm. I love uh, jokes. That's my background. So I'm using it only in the service to make the larger unwritten message. 
mm. which I hope comes through. It absolutely does. And being Thank this you. ambassador for people to get off their couches and do all these things and visit all these places and eat all these foods, are there any places where you had to challenge yourself to go? Yes. Or foods you had to challenge yourself to eat? Yes, of course. And always. what were they? Like the big ones. There's always a strange thing everywhere to me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. where do I grew up in New York. Right. You no, know, I lived in Queens and the Bronx and Rockland County and then Long Island where I went to school. They're not eating very strange or other cuisines. Also, you know, I'm older now. So my mm-hmm. formative years was a long time ago before kind of the, a culinary revolution in America. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. But listen, I grew up with very plain food and the right. cuisine in our house by necessity was cheap. Yeah, And so mm. my mom worked and my dad worked and they didn't have right. time for delicious food. So, right. you know, my joke was always, uh, I think my mother had a setting on the oven for shoe. <laughs> 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 and meat, meat was a punishment, you know, and hey. it, it just was unpleasant. And right. I used to beg to go to McDonald's. Why? Because first of all, it was marketed to me mm-hmm. right. as a right. child. Yeah. That should be a crime, by the way. And then, you know, it was delicious. It was had fat and salt and everything we we like. And, <laughs> and I subsisted on fast food. Why? That was what was available. It wasn't until I went to college, mm-hmm. left that house, and I went to an Italian restaurant with some other freshmen, and I was having some pasta with sauce. And I thought, this is the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my life. And they said, what's wrong with you? I said, no, this is amazing. Well, like, what are these little white bits in here? What is that? They said, what, garlic? I said, yes, garlic. I never (laughs) had garlic. (laughs) Right. I never had it. I was living like an animal. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of the things about the show when I watch, and we watched so many of the episodes throughout the seasons, Mm -hmm. is, you know, in, in... in screenwriting, of course, you would know this. There's always mm-hmm. a character in uh, a series that is in the dark. They're they're the newbie that then kind of we associate and the, we follow that person. Like I remember Grey's Anatomy, there's the newbies and you learn about the world of that particular sitcom or show through that person who's new and doesn't know. With you and this childlike wonder you have is I feel that you are leading me because of that wonder and that not knowing through these countries, through these foods, and I'm not being told, I'm learning through your experience, which I think is different from any of the other shows out there. And I wow. won't name them, but instead let's of being instructed, okay, let's name them. <laughs> they have Stanley Tucci's, right? He instructs you what this is and what that is and why this is good and that. And we watch you eat something and just get such pleasure and not knowing what it is. And then we learn through you yeah. learning. As I learn, you learn. Yes. I am no expert. I'm a tourist and I'm decidedly and proudly a tourist. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has to be an expert in everything. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. a fan. Yes. And I think these chefs that I meet like me. Why? Because I love them. Yeah. yeah. I truly love them. I think they're artists. I think they make the world better. They make my life better. And when I experience something so delicious, you asked before, are there any strange food? Of course, Mm. bugs. Yeah. Right. Bugs of any kind. 
They yeah. weren't at McDonald's. <laughs> no. Well, maybe they were. We didn't know it. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Made- By the way, that helped me. I probably have eaten many of these without knowing, and many. I haven't died yet. Exactly. But, you know, I took all the courage I could muster when I uh-huh. first had an ant in Tokyo. It, that mm-hmm. was in the PBS mm-hmm. version of the show. Right. I'm like, why would you? They said, you got to try this ant because mm-hmm. it tastes like lemon. I said, in that case... Could I have some lemon? <laughs> Do I really? Why need am I bothering ant? eating an With ant? An ant. <laughs> Which seems uh, not necessary. They said, try it. It's very interesting. So you know, the lady was with me. She popped yeah. it in her mouth like it was nothing. And and by the way, there's cameras pointed at you, so you're a little more stupid than you would be. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Mm-hmm. You think, yeah. oh, I'm in a TV show. Mm-hmm. I could do anything. No, yeah. that's how people die. And then, <laughs> and then, I'm shaking, thinking about it. The, mm-hmm. the terror of, the, have you ever done it? <laughs> no, I never have. Either of you? Not intentionally. Not intentionally. Yeah. I've eaten a little crab that was like running across my plate and then they dropped it in a fry later and then they put it back on my plate. Little That's tiny already, thing. that's Delicious. crab, that's seafood. That's already. Yeah, yeah. that's crab. Okay, but an ant. I'm talking about no. like something that looks like a black carpenter ant that you would ruin your picnic. So and it's, I, it's wiggling and it's alive. No, 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 it was dead. Okay, good. And I put it in my mouth... And to mm. bite down on this thing and to hear that little crackle is so awful right. to me, coming right. from where I come from. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, damn, if it wasn't like somebody just put a drop of lemon on my tongue. That's mm. genuinely wow. what it was like. Yeah. And so right. now all the questions. All right, what'd you do? You base these in lemon? That's why this tastes <laughs> No. This ant, not every ant, but this particular ant from this particular part of the forest in this part of Japan, mm-hmm. they taste like lemon. Wow. Who wow. found that out? I don't know. Right. Who's the first guy? Right. <laughs> but, you know, that saying was a brave man who once ate an oyster. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, same thing. <laughs> now, am I seeking out bugs? <laughs> right. No, they still, the idea bothers me. But mm-hmm. if I go to Oaxaca and they eat, grasshoppers and crickets and, mm-hmm. and worms and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's served to me. Not that I'm asking for it, like I'm looking mm-hmm. for it on the menu, right. but if it is served to me, I will now try it. That is great. I do have limits. I don't know if you saw the Oaxaca episode, but I got out of yeah. eating an iguana once I saw right. it. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm still not the bravest. I'm a little more brave. Okay. But that can happen to you. You just need to have the experience See, and yeah. overcome the fear. And that's what the show says. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I don't know if you've seen any of the new ones yet. Have they gotten to you yet? No, we didn't see season six yet. What can we look forward to? Croatia, mm-hmm. for wow. one. Have you been nice. there? I never no, have been dying to Croatia. To go. So no. I thought I'm going to like war-torn former Yugoslavia. This is not going to be fun. How great is the food going to be there? And then you get mm. there. It's across the Adriatic Sea from Italy. So it's ostensibly right. Italy. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of feeling. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's yeah. where Western meets Eastern Europe. And the food is the best of both worlds. Wow. Right? The pasta is unbelievable because mm-hmm. you're very close to Italy. And then things like borex, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Those, those like phyllo yeah. dough filled. Yeah. I can't recommend it enough. Mm. Then And then we explored America more because we were filming during COVID. Right. Our choices were a little yeah. limited in the world, but not in the experience. So Austin, Nashville, and Philadelphia, all mm. 
world-class food cities now. You wouldn't even yeah. believe it. Philadelphia is as good as any place on earth right now. Mm-hmm. And as a New Yorker, that's a very generous thing for you to say. It's undeniable. It's that's undeniable. Yeah. By the way, Philadelphia, the way the world spreads out, right? Philadelphia right. is the new Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> for people true. who can't afford Brooklyn, they go a little bit further in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> true. And of course, what comes with that is, you know, you, you look for that less expensive rent if you're a chef, and that's where the young people go. And of course, that's where innovation comes, always mm-hmm. in the world. Right. The whole world is built on this principle. Go to where the rent is cheap and do your art there. Right? Yeah. So that's what it is. And then Santiago, Chile. Very oh, that's, interesting ooh, place. Very, very nice. beautiful. Wonderful food. And this season, Netflix let me do a special episode called Helen and Max. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, how wow. cool. Oh, I'm going to cry through the whole thing. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, they passed in recent years, in the last two years. They both passed. But I think. I'm not alone in thinking this. They were the best part of the show. Uh, They were wonderful. And so I thought their greatest hits would be fun to revisit, plus backstory, plus outtakes, plus home movies, plus visiting with their surviving friends, plus my family reminiscing about them. It's a little shorter than our usual show, but it's a special bonus thing. It's like a half hour of laughs. Mm. And sweetness. Wow. So that's what you did. Yeah. That's wonderful. They were such a, a wonderful part of it. And, you know, speaking of episodes and places, my family's from Portugal, not the mainland, but from the Azores, right? Oh, my God. I haven't been there yet. Oh, I'll tell you, I'll go with you. It's fantastic. <laughs> but I watched a Lisbon episode, and I just got to tell you that I had to stop the show twice. I was crying so hard. What? Because you know the word saudade that you talk yes. about, that longing. I have such a longing for that city. And yes. to see you go through all the footsteps and all the paths and all the alleys that I used to go down oh, when I boy. stayed there for a year and a half or so uh, writing my cookbook. And it was so true to an American's experience in Portugal. Yes. And it was mimicking what I did and you were discovering. So I know that the Pestage de Belain that you did and a lot of the places that you stopped at and the place, the Conservatives, which had the tins, those are the places I used to hang out. And so I had to stop it twice. And I, I had my partner come over and we both watched it. And oh. he's like, I want to go. So thank you for oh. that. It really was a postcard. And I'm just thinking how many other people are out there who maybe are children of immigrants who are seeing their family's home maybe for the first time oh. Or people who have not been back to their home for 40 years, 50 years, and you're bringing that to them. Uh, I never thought of that. I thought you were going to tell me, oh, I went to Lisbon because of the show and I had a wonderful Mm. time. That I get now a lot, and it makes my whole life. To know that you inspired anybody to travel at all and to experience this, that's what the show is for. That's all I want. That's my message. Go do it. Stop watching me and go. Go yourself. Go. You'll never be as young as you are right now. So Mm -hmm. while everything still works, you better go. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't get this experience any other way. Yeah. You can't get it from watching an idiot like me. You have to be there yourself and be your own idiot. Everybody Loves Raymond is about an Italian family. And you're Jewish, but you wrote it really about your family. And I'm Italian-American married to a Jew. Uh And those are two pretty complementary cultures. All problems are solved with food. And the mother never leaves you alone. Never. (laughs) Which it turns out is also 
every other culture. Yes. Right. It's true. It's not unique, but right. it's, I love that. It's like food, family, and guilt. Yeah. That's the right. three things that hold That's us right. together. Yeah, the holy trinity That's right. of, of <laughs> families. Can you talk a little bit about Somebody Feeds the People program? Somebody Feed the People, it started uh, during the last election when I saw the uh, obscenity of making people wait online to vote. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what can we do? Can we at least feed these people? So that's where that came from. And then after the election, I found that, you know what? People are hungry without the election. <laughs> so yeah. we keep it going. Right, right. That's great. Yeah. So, okay, let's get to the cookbook. Yes. So it's called Somebody Feed Phil, Untold Stories, Behind-the-Scene Photos, and Favorite It's called Somebody Feed Phil the Book. <laughs> the book. <laughs> so I want this book. I need to get my hands on you this do. book. You do. Not because of me, but because <laughs> it has 60 of the most requested recipes from the first four seasons of the show. Yes, From it the does. world's greatest chefs. Yes. Uh, Great. So it's the best cookbook in the world just because of that. What are your favorite recipes from the book? If you watch a show, it's not a cooking show. It's not, I don't show you a lot of process, how they make the thing, right? That's right. I'm almost like a kid who loves magic, and I'd rather not know how the trick is done because Mm -hmm. then there's no magic. Or like if I'm a comedy writer, it's not so good anymore if I have to explain the joke, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'd love to just present you with these magical things as I am presented with them from these wonderful chefs. That's their art is, Mm -hmm. here it is. You don't see Mm -hmm. all the sweat, blood, and tears that went into making that dish. Now, when something's simple, that's when I go, wait a minute. This is just this and this. What is the alchemy? How did you do that? And I'm thinking of something specifically. In Venice, there's a restaurant it's the only restaurant in Venice that has no seafood. Yeah. Huh. yeah. And they, that was on purpose. They, they, yep. It's called Da Arturo. And the genius dish that everybody gets that I was turned on to years ago is their famous pork chop. Mm. And the pork chop, for someone who's not a cook, I can tell you what this is. Right. Dredged in egg and then flour, mm-hmm. fried in oil. Oil is drained, finished in white wine vinegar. That's the mm. recipe. It's so simple that I thought, let's show this process. Let's get the camera in the kitchen. First time they ever let a camera in the kitchen. You yeah. see it. Wow. It's very simple. It's the most delicious thing. The tang of that vinegar with the, with the mm-hmm. it, it has levels of taste to it, right? Yeah. Right. It, it's yeah. amazing. And it's one of these things that's so delicious you can't stop. <laughs> so I show it. It's there. That's it. That, for some reason, is still the most requested recipe. Like, it's not enough that they see it right there. It's very simple. Like, an right. idiot like me can even do it. But they want it written down. So that's written down. That's that. So, so they're all like that. I would say 75% of them you can make. Maybe another percentage, a big percentage, is things that you can make very well if you have any cooking experience. And then, like, 1%, uh, i give you a prize if you can make this. Yeah, it's, like, right. it's like Massimo Bottura, the best chef in the world. It's almost like a joke that it's in there. Five ages of Parmigiano in different textures <laughs> and temperatures. This is the name yeah. of this molecular gastronomic yeah. right. dish. Right. Right. Good luck to you people. I'm not <laughs> making it. I would rather fly to Modena and have him yeah. make it. Exactly. Yes. But if, you, if anyone can make that dish, I think I have to give you a prize. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you cook? Are you a cook at all? I inherited my cooking ability from my parents, which is to say not at all. <laughs> I think my recipe in the book is for peanut butter and jelly sandwich, <laughs> which I used to tell my kids, 
this is daddy's famous peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> right. Or this is daddy's famous scrambled eggs. Or this is daddy's famous bowl of cereal. <laughs> now, does Monica cook? Nope. But No, you both don't cook. We are very compatible because she says, what would you like tonight? And I say, let's get takeout from this wonderful Indian place that opened. She says, okay. And so because of that, okay, we're married 32 years. There you go. All right. That's great. Well, but you're not passive consumers of food. You are also active investors in restaurants. And you've really, you've made an imprint on, on the food scene in LA. You know why I invest in so many restaurants? Why? I'm not very bright. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very good way to lose all your money. Yeah. We have a foundation, the Rosenthal Family Foundation, and Mm -hmm. we have all these food-related charities, uh, but we have a great love of supporting the arts. Mm. Arts in school, Mm -hmm. theater, film, dance, you know, the Mm -hmm. the sculpture, anything. You know, a lot of people from previous administrations, let's say, thought the, you know, the arts are disposable. Mm -hmm. We don't need them in the schools. And what they don't realize is it's the answer. Mm. Yes, very much so. In fact, kids, this is proven, kids who have the arts in schools do better in the subjects that these people claim to care about, math and science. Mm -hmm. They actually do better in those things if they are exposed to the arts of any kind, music, dance, theater. It trains your brain differently. And you enjoy it. When you associate yeah. positive with learning, people learn. It's a very easy concept. Why everything has to be like, just learn it because we say so, that's terrible. I was bad in school because of that. It wasn't until I found the after-school theater program that I started to flourish as a human being. Right? Yeah, that's when I flourished was when I got into the theater program in high school. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's where your friends came from. That's where you felt you fit in. That's where yeah. you felt like you had something to contribute. It certainly wasn't my athletic ability. <laughs> Nor mine. <laughs> right? So yeah. I had that. And I could be funny on stage, and then I made friends and even got a date once in a while. What are a couple of other really undiscovered or rising food cities or towns in the country? Oh, I'm would- telling you, Philadelphia, man, of all of them that I've been to, mm-hmm. shocking how great a food scene that is. But every, you can get a great meal, I think, anywhere now because Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. internet. What was that famous book, The Earth is Flat? What they mean Mm -hmm. is we're all, we all have access to the same information. That's right. Yeah. Right. A kid, right? A kid in in Iowa can see what a chef in Paris is doing and and learn from that and emulate Mm -hmm. it and use his local ingredients to create something amazing. Mm -hmm. That's happening everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I visit has this. Nashville. Unbelievable. That city... It's mm-hmm. the biggest boom town in America, right? Right. So the food scene follows. But look, I did Maine this past yes. season. I loved the Maine episode. Thank Maine, you. Amy's a big Mainer. She loves Maine. Oh, yeah, great. I live in Boston and go up to Maine a lot. I'm coming. You want to come you see are? me when I come for the book yes. tour? It's in December, I think. Yes. Okay. I'll bring you some homemade Portuguese food. I'm wow. sure everyone <laughs> does this to you, right? Do people actually bring you their family's homemade food? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I'll bring my mom's stuffed quahogs. <laughs> you know, one of the other things I love about you is you, at least as you presented on TV, have an uncomplicated relationship with food. You're not going, oh, I can't have this or I shouldn't have, you know, you just enjoy food and you just, it's the joy. It's not all the 
kvetching about food or the like the you calories know. and the this and the yeah. that. Yeah, that's true. No, but I saved the kvetching for my family that I love the most. Right, right. That's it. Of course, they, they deserve the most kvetching. That's right. <laughs> my favorite line is uh, the waiter in the Catskills Mountains who passes the table with six old ladies around it, and he says, "Good evening, ladies. Is anything all right?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Too much of life is like that. That's true. (laughs) Phil, we want to move on to our very famous chop-chop round. Oh, this sounds dangerous. (laughs) We're going to ask you questions and you answer with the first thing that pops into your mind. Exactly. That's why it's called chop-chop. Got it. So what is your go-to meal to make when you're dead tired? Hot dogs. I can make them in five minutes. I love them. It's my heritage. What kind? What brand? Oh, I found a butcher here in L.A. that makes their own turkey franks. So I don't feel as guilty. They're nitrate-free. It's turkey, Mm -hmm. not beef. It's like, And they have a skin on them that snaps, which is, Mm. as we all know, the The flavor of these particular hot dogs are phenomenal. I have this Chicago all-in-one bottle. The makings of a Chicago dog. Somebody has mm-hmm. put them all like there's relish in there, there's peppers, there's the yellow right. mustard that's all in that bottle. Sometimes I'll dump that on, uh-huh. dump the sauerkraut on top of that, or, you know, Goulden's brown mustard on the other one with the sauerkraut or some onions. Mm. This is my uh, heritage. Right. Exactly. What's your best time saving trick in the kitchen? Hot dogs. <laughs> it's true. That's it. I figured it out. I take them from the freezer. I put them in the microwave to defrost them. The toaster oven's already going. I take them from there. They go in there. I now defrost my buns in the microwave. They go for 30 seconds, not because you can't overdo it. Then you open up them. You put them in the toaster oven with the hot dogs. I close that. I put the bowl of sauerkraut in the microwave. Heat that for 30 seconds. Those are done. My hot dogs are done. My buns are done. I am done. And as long as it took me to say that. That's my time-saving trick for people. I hope you've learned something today. They need to do a master class on hot dogs for you. My, that, Forget that comedy, could be. hot dogs. That, that could, could be. be. On my podcast, we advertise master class. I should do master class hot dogs. Hot, hot you dogs. should. Yeah. That'd be great. Very short session. A 30-second yeah. class. That's right. So what is your favorite food, TV, or movie, and you can't say your own? Ratatouille is the best movie about food ever made. Mm-hmm. And the end of that movie, I've, t- I've said this before, is so, what do you call it, when you, when you surpass the subject itself? Uh, Transcendent? Uh, yes. Transcends food mm-hmm. to become mm-hmm. about life. When yeah. that critic takes that mm-hmm. bite of ratatouille and they flash now to him as a child. The Proustian right. moment. And, and he hurts his knee and his mom makes him ratatouille. That connection to childhood. That thing is what we chase our whole life. That feeling where you first had Mm -hmm. some approval of any kind, some acceptance of any kind, some Mm -hmm. love of any kind. We chase these feelings for the rest of our lives. That's why transcends just Mm -hmm. food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a beautiful, beautiful movie. And the food Mm -hmm. in it happens to be phenomenal. And it's a cartoon. Yeah, Yeah, and it's a cartoon, which is a good thing. Yeah, You're not a cook, but you must make food sometimes. Yes. What's your biggest faux pas you've ever made in the kitchen? Oh, I have so many jokes. I mean, 
It's not. I mean, few, I'm, I'm a comedy writer, so the first thing I have to say is letting my wife cook. That, that I, ah! but I can't, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. You know, I have these movie nights and people come over and we have pizza and mm-hmm. I once didn't order nearly enough. That was my biggest faux pas. Ooh, and and when that happened, it kind of changed my life to, to now I over... If you come over, you're going to be so swamped with food, you're going to think I'm, I'm some kind of mental case. You go home mm-hmm. with doggy bags. Yeah. When you go to Phil's. I have the Italian anxiety of not having enough not food. Having enough. I mean, I I that's, that the, that's the faux pas. But I'm telling yeah. you, I, there was this older guy who came... And I was out, and he goes, but I'm hungry. I'll never forget that. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) I had to make him a sandwich. (laughs) What's the last best thing you ate? I had yesterday. I I go to this place. I love Republic here in Mm -hmm. L.A. It's probably the best overall restaurant in L.A. because the breakfast is unbelievable. Like the Mm. eggs are that golden yolk like you see in Italy or somewhere. Mm -hmm. So that, that. Yesterday, I had that. Mm, wow. All right. And what about the most overrated and underrated foods in LA? Hmm. Overrated for me? For mm, you. For what you. Is fancy, I don't get it. Fancy, expensive foods that I don't, right. I don't treasure them as much as I did when they were novel to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And now in my ridiculously lucky life, I've gotten to have a lot of fancy foods. So many that I prefer the simple ones. Yes. When yep. somebody like that Biddeford, Maine diner, the Palace right. Diner, and you yeah. go to this old railroad car and some genius chefs have come in and left the 100-year-old menu the same but just elevated every single thing on it. So you're having the best tuna sandwich you ever had, the best hamburger, the best French toast, the best yeah. pancakes, diner food, elevated yep. Yep. to a level where you we're celebrating the ordinary in such a way that makes life great. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite That's, stuff. Yeah. What's an equivalent of that in LA? Is there a version of that in LA? I just described these eggs to you, right? Yes. When, so when you make an egg dish and you use the best eggs you can find, you suddenly mm-hmm. go, why am I eating these other eggs at this other mm-hmm. place? Why would I bother having these pale yeah. yellow yolks with hardly any flavor when you have these golden yolk eggs? Yeah. Yes. You know, my father ate two or three eggs a day, lived to 96. God love him. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Nothing made him happy. You know what it says on his tombstone? What? what? Are the eggs fluffy? <laughs> <laughs> True. We put that in on In heaven there. they are. Because he said that every day of his life. And if there's a heaven, oh. my dad is up there having fluffy eggs every day. Oh, gosh. Well, Phil, I'm so glad we're best friends. And uh, <laughs> Me too. I just want to thank you for... <laughs> I want to thank you for taking this yeah. time to celebrate our friendship and, yeah. and share, share Amy, your it's not warmth. all about you, but okay. <laughs> Amy, there's David. David is friend. sitting there going, what about me? You're my friend. Exactly. You're, you're you talking know? to this guy you just met. Has she ever said that to you, David? Has she ever said these sweet words to you? <laughs> no, she never has. Not quite. I have expressed a lot of affection. No, she has a lot of affection for me, but no, she. you're kind of like trumping that, so... But okay, sorry. No, we, I'll back uh, up. We it's a joke. It was you. I was it was what the comedians call a callback to my saying that everyone has a parasocial relationship to Phil. They oh, believe that they're best friends. This. That's why. That was the joke. Amy, never explain the joke, Amy. Never explain the joke. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Yes. And with that, we'll let you go. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Phil 
Rosenthal is the creator of the hit TV sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond. His new book, Somebody Feed Phil, was inspired by his Netflix food and travel show of the same name. To hear Phil talk about food, listen to his podcast. You can find him at phil.rosenthal. Talking With My Mouthful is produced by Overt Studios, and our producer is the globetrotting, always hungry, universally loved Adam Claremont. You can reach Adam and Overt Studios at overtstudios.com. And remember to follow Talking With My Mouthful wherever you download your favorite podcasts. As always, if you like what you hear and you want to support us, and please do, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Ciao. Bye, David. Amy, That's, that was a really cheesy segue. That was such a cheesy segue. You want to try another one? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm so grossed out by myself. Um, <laughs> let me do that. Let me finish the, the blood thing and maybe... Yeah. Can we talk about something more pleasant, out. please? Do, yeah. do the blood thing so okay, it's less good. gross. Okay, <laughs> good.